Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, November the 10th, and I am here to discuss an incredibly fired up, psyched up, couldn't be more excited about a 13-game slate, and uh, that's my, right in my wheelhouse. The bigger the slate, the better. I know most people uh, whine and cry that you know anything over that 7 to 9 or whatever is, is difficult. But uh, this is right in my wheelhouse. So we're not going to waste time today. We have 13 games to get through. I've got some extra coffee here, so I'm ready to roll. Uh, by the way, I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And just as you can see, I'm a little exuberant about this slate today. And uh, one thing I'll say before we get started, there are some serious price differences on the three sites, DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. So Today is a day to price shop between them. Uh, there are some overpriced guys on some, some values on others. So there's a lot of information that you have to look at. Now, I'll be referring to DraftKings pricing on this uh, podcast so we don't you know, go three hours if we go through every single price on every uh, site. So uh, I'll be referring to DraftKings, but definitely take a look and shop around with the three different sites uh, for the best pricing. If you want to join us at DFS Coach Talk, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, we're going to be doing all this work today with 26 teams playing. Uh, we're really going to be digging in, looking through prices. And remember, we supply a coach's clipboard, which is five highlighted players with several other options to fill in your roster, full uh, cash and GPP lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo. So, we are the place to give a try to. We'd love to have you test us out. Uh, Wednesday is always an awesome day to join. If you do the three-day $10 pass or the five-day 19, you're good to go because that the five-day will get you through the weekend. You get all of our golf uh, uh, lineups, which we'll do tonight on Wednesday night and Friday night for weekend only. And then, of course, all the Thursday night football and Sunday night crazy football day. And uh, basketball every day uh, within that time frame. So come and join us. We'd love to have you. And I'm going to fire through all these games. I'm not going to do any breaks in between. Uh, our man Tyler Pitzer, Pitzer will uh, timestamp these so you can check out each game as your day goes. But I wanted to get this out well before lunch so that everybody has a chance to listen in. If you have to listen to it in segments, whatever. Uh, just important to be up to speed on what's going on and what the card is looking like. So you don't have to try to jam something in uh, after work. All right, my friends, uh, this is going to be fun. 13 games. Last power sip of coffee. And here we go. First game, 7 p.m. Eastern. It is the Brooklyn Nets at the Orlando Magic. Brooklyn is favored by nine. Over-under is only 210. As you see, a lot of the over-unders are coming down with less scoring games with the new uh, rules. We have an applied total for Brooklyn of 109.5, Orlando 100.5. And then as far as their records, Brooklyn comes in at 7-4. and four. The Magic are 3-8. and eight. Injuries for Brooklyn, Claxton out, Kyrie Irving out. For Orlando, MCW, Fultz, Isaac, and more all remain out. So as far as uh, 
that goes, let's take a look also at the pace of play in this game. Uh, definitely two teams that get up and down the floor, both in the upper half in the league. Brooklyn is 13th and Orlando, uh, no, they're 19th. So between the two, they're, they're pretty much uh, level, uh, middle of the pack. That's why the 210 number. As far as defensive efficiency, Brooklyn is eighth, which is surprising. They have played definitely way better defense than any, anybody expected. And Orlando, not as much, 24th. So as, as we look at pricing here and a couple of possibilities, your two big boys for Brooklyn are still there, one or the other playable. I wouldn't play both. But you have Harden at 10-6 and Durant at 10-9. So definitely both possibilities. On a 13-game 13, 13 slate, I don't know if you have to gamble on guys like uh, Bruce Brown, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin. They're all 4K, 4.4, and 4.1, so you can get them cheap. But they're going to use that bench, bench, Mills, Aldridge, Bembry, Millsap, um, Johnson. You know, all those guys could get minutes. So I think if you want to go on the Brooklyn side here early, you've got to make that big call, whether it's Harden or Durant or just leave the game alone one way or the other. On the Orlando side, it's interesting. Cole Anthony, who's been my MVP so far, honestly, in, in DFS, he's been fantastic. But his price is up to 7-7. That gets me a little concerned, um, but I, I do really like his output. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. at 7K is still fairly priced. He continues to do well game to game. And Mo Bamba at 6'8", I think that that's a fair price. So I do like the two bigs, uh, Carter and Bamba, and more than likely will go with one of those two at that low mid-range pricing. I think they're both good plays. Uh, not interested in anybody off of the Orlando bench. I mean, if you on a GPP, if you want to take a flyer, Terrence Ross is always a good flyer guy because, you know, they call him the human torch because when he's hot, he will make a bunch of shots. But, uh, you know, on this kind of card, not in a cash hybrid uh, build for me. All right, game two, 7 p.m. Eastern, Washington Wizards at Cleveland Cavaliers. Washington favored by three. It's only a 208.5 total. Washington 105.75 implied. Cleveland 102.75. Um, Injury-wise, we've got Bertans, Bryant, and Hashimura remain out for Washington. Okoro may be back. So that changes a lot of things for Cleveland. He has not played this year. So he's back, and that mixes things up. Um, but... Kevin Love, Markinen, and Sexton, who tore his meniscus, he'll be out for quite some time. Those guys are out. Uh, amazing here. Washington 7-3 and three and Cleveland 7-4. and four. Nobody really saw that coming. Not two teams playing that well uh, at this point in the season, especially Cleveland, but uh, Washington as well. A um, lot to talk about here. A lot to unwrap. The, the incredible resurgence of Ricky Rubio is just amazing. I mean... He has put up numbers like I've never seen him put up. And I talked about it early in the season, um, even the preseason coming in, that to keep an eye out for him because he was so incredible in the Olympics. He led the Olympics in scoring. He, he was first, Luca was second, and just came out of that playing phenomenal uh, basketball. And for, at this point in his career, 
it's sort of shocking. But now with Sexton going down, uh, you know, how much more opportunities is he going to get? Definitely more opportunity, but it does get squished a little bit by Okoro returning because uh, even though Okoro is not a strong offensive player, he does demand some some usage. So I think Rubio is going to be dead chalk at 5.2K, but I'm not 100% sold. I like him. I think I'm really impressed with his play. I think it's a good matchup. But I'm, I'm not going to have 100% of them because I want to see how the mix of the usage with Okoro back, how much, uh, how that works. But at 5.2, uh, he's going to get a lot of ownership, and it's deserved. He's played very well. I think Garland needs a little bit more look here also. He's uh, only 6.6, and I've focused on him a lot when Sexton had missed games. And I think he's, you know, he's really a good player. He really is. And I, I have a tendency here uh, to be looking more at Garland than Rubio. You know, it gives you a little differentiation from what the field's doing. And I think Garland definitely has a higher ceiling, even though Rubio's been completely out of his mind. Um, after that, need to see Okoro on the floor to see what he does. Don't want to dive down to a Dean Wade. I mean, you can always consider Evan Mobley at 7K or Jared Allen at 7.5. Um, not bad. I mean, at Mobley had been more expensive than Allen most of the year. I like this matchup for Mobley. Um, I really wouldn't have, even though this is a low number game, I'm going to consider Garland and Mobley uh, in lineups. Uh, probably not both. I'm going to really try to spread it out and maximize ceiling. But I think they're both in play along with Rubio. So I do like the Cleveland side here quite a bit. As far as uh, Washington goes, I think it's bad news for Bradley Beal that Okoro's back because I think he's going to defend him, and he is a plus-plus defender. Um, Dinwiddie, 6.6, fair. I mean, dead even is Garland, so I, I get that as a possibility. Uh, just they have a tendency to, to definitely sub a little bit more. He's trying to get more, you know, a little bit of time from Raul Neto and Aaron Holiday, so I'm not as excited about Dinwiddie. Don't want to pay up the 9-5 price for Beal in this low of a, a total game and with Okora defense coming back. And after that, you know, as much as I like Montrez Harrell, you know, with Gafford back and starting, it's just very difficult to try to, you know, play a center that's in a timeshare uh, with 26 teams lacing them up. All right, game three, 7.30 p.m. game. Detroit Pistons at Houston Rockets. Houston favored by three and a half, 211 over under. Implied total for uh, Detroit, 103.75. For the Houston Rockets, 107.25. Uh, so what do we got here from an injury standpoint? First of all, the Pistons come in at one and eight, and Houston comes in at one and nine. So hip, hip, hooray, two and 17 combined. Somebody's got to win this game, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the only injury listed for Detroit right now is Killian Hayes is uh, probable. The big news for Houston is Kevin Porter Jr. is questionable, and that changes the dynamics uh, if he sits. We know John Wall's sitting for the season until they can make a trade work for him. All right, let's stay on that Houston side because if Porter doesn't play and we have to watch that co closely, 
I think Jalen Green becomes a strong play at 5.3. Uh, he's very fairly priced. Jay Sean Tate also will grab some of that usage at a cheap 5.1. Uh, those are the two guys I think that benefit the most. And certainly you can consider spending up for Christian Wood at 9.2. Detroit's defense has not been stellar this year uh, whatsoever. In fact, from a pace standpoint, by the way, Detroit's 21st, Houston is second. Uh, Defensive efficiency, Detroit 26, Houston 21. So you're going to get some scoring here. And uh, you've got decent pace from Houston, which really does help the Detroit side, the fact that uh, you know, they're playing all the way up to the second pace team. So, you know, that 211 total could be a little deceiving. And these two records as well, I think these teams can still score. So, you know, with that being said, I think from the Detroit side, you got to go back and look at Kate Cunningham at 5.2. We know he's got a big ceiling. There is some risk there, but I like his ceiling. Um, not quite going to go with Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart, Olinick. That whole group, I think, uh, just don't have to dig that deep on on a slate like this. But as far as uh, Cunningham goes at that price, you know, to come out of this game with like Cunningham and Green, I know you've got two rookies and number one and number two pick, but they're cheap and their ceiling is there and they're going to be squaring off. I don't think that's the worst play. I really don't. Uh, if Porter plays, that probably shuffles Green out of the mix for me. Uh, but really, that's the way it works. What I want to do is just double back real quickly here. I just realized I did not go over the pace and defensive efficiency for Washington and Cleveland. I want this to be a complete podcast where you don't miss a thing. Washington, as far as pace, if Cleveland 23rd. So again, that's not conducive to big DFS Uh, possessions and points Uh, defensively they both played way better that's why they're winning games Washington's ninth in the league in defense who would have ever believed that and Cleveland is 13th so again another reason to be careful on that game all right we're going to go to game four Um, nobody in those first games are on a back-to-back but this is where we do have the first one. Toronto is on the first night of a back-to-back tonight, um, and uh, Boston is favored by two. It's Boston minus two, a 208.5 over-under, 103.25 for Toronto, 105.25 uh, for Boston. As far as their records coming in, we've got Toronto at six and five and Boston at four and six. And uh, as far as pace goes, Toronto second to last in pace. So they have really played different with Lowry gone. They're slowing it down, uh, you know, utilizing uh, Barnes, Ananobi, Siakam's back now. Uh, So not playing fast. Boston is not playing quick either. They're 24th in pace. Both teams in the top half defensively, Toronto 10th and Boston 12th. Um, yeah, that definitely is a little bit scary. As far as injuries, Birch and Watanabe are out for Toronto. So you would think that would elevate uh, a little bit of Achua, but since Siakam has come back, uh, they've been playing small ball and playing Siakam at center, splitting with Achua. So that is an interesting uh, situation. 
We know Jalen Brown will be out for another week and a half, and Thomas is also out. So, uh, you know, not a big impact there other than the Jalen Brown news. So that does affect things. We talked about it before. You know, when Jalen Brown sits, do you plug and play Jason Tatum? I mean, I'm very interested in him, uh, but he's 10-4 in a game, the two teams that play super slow. So it's going to be hard to get there. He's going to have to shoot phenomenal percentages. Um, His usage is terrific with Brown off the floor. I get it. I just don't know if I have the courage to play pay over 10K for anybody on a slate like this. Um, but as the day goes on, there will be more and more value open up. So we have to continue to look at that. Uh, from the Toronto side, uh, Van Vliet at 7-6. Again, on a slow-paced game, it's tough. Gary Trent Jr.'s price just continues to stay lower, and he continues to contribute. He's only 5-6. Uh, and really becomes in play for me. I, I think Smart guards Van Vliet, and I think Trent gets up some shots. So he's in play. Scotty Barnes is a fair price at 6'9". He and OG Ananobi, 7'9". Those were two guys I went to constantly. But now that Siakam's back, he led them in usage last season. He's getting back into the flow. He's 8'3". What that does for me, though, is it just... I'm not quite there with Siakam yet at that price, and it his usage pulling from Barnes and Ananobi especially uh, creates a little bit of concern for me. So not as high on Toronto in this low of a pace game. I uh, do have my eyeballs on Trent, though, as a value play. On the Boston side, again, the decision has to do with Tatum at 10-4. <clears throat> I played Al Horford the other night for some ungodly reason. I got sucked into... Al Horford resurgence and he stunk. So I'm not playing paying seven nine for him in this matchup that's slow. Robert Williams at 5'8, you know, it's always tempting, but you never know if he's going to get enough minutes. He doesn't finish some of the games on the floor. Uh, they play Horford at the five sometimes. So this game just does not look like a, a game you have to mess that much with on a 13 game slate. Okay. We go to the next game. It's 7.30 Eastern. Milwaukee Bucks, New York Knicks. The uh, Knicks are favored by four, 215 over under. We do have Milwaukee on the second night of a back-to-back. So you never know what Coach Bud's going to do. That scares me on the second night of a back-to-back. So we have to keep a close eye there. Implied total for Milwaukee is 105.5. For the Knicks, it's 109.5. As far as pace goes in this game, Milwaukee ninth. Knicks, of course, playing slow at 25th. Defensive efficiency, though, is what gives me interest here. Everybody thinks Milwaukee and the Knicks, two awesome defensive teams. And I mentioned this the other day, too. Right now, they're sitting at 17th and 25th, respectively. So they are not defending well. I think the Knicks off-season moves of getting getting rid of defensive guards like Bullock and picking up no defensive guards uh, like Kemba has really shot them in the foot because defensively they're struggling, and, and that's why their record isn't as good. So this game does have some interest for me because of the fact that I think it'll be under-owned because people still have the stigma that these are two dead-crunch defensive teams and they're not the size of 10 games or whatever. That's enough for me to see what a new team is doing with their new makeup. 
As far as injuries, Brooke Lopez is doubtful. He's been out quite a few games. I think he'll probably miss this one as well. And, of course, we know DiVincenzo and Middleton remain out, which is huge for Milwaukee. That's why they're 5-6. and six. Knicks at 7-4. and four. They've got their bigs uh, both toss-up to play. Uh, Mitch Robinson uh, twisted an ankle. Nerlens Noel, who I had played that game, and he was playing terrific. First of all, he hurt his back. He went out to the locker room, came back in. Then he got his knee rolled up on. And he was, uh, you know, so I don't know if either one of these guys play. If they both sit, you can play a punt center in Taj Gibson, or you can just take all of your, uh, you know, focus and put it on Julius Randle because he'll grab tons more in the paint and uh, and smash. So definitely need news on that Nick side uh, on those guys that are questionable. So for me, it's it's real simple if. If Robinson and uh, and my man Noel are out, then it's Julius Randle for sure. Uh, that's where I'd want to go. Taj Gibson is 3K min price. So if he starts and the other two are out, very tempting. It can lead to helping you get uh, superstars in the lineup. And he can grab you 20 fantasy points, which at 3K is, is just fine. So I... I need that news because if either one of Robinson or Noel are in, then that botches that entire plan. Um, let's see here. As far as on the Milwaukee side, Drew Holiday at 6'5 is a good play against the poor defensive backcourt of the Knicks. Um, other than that, Giannis is 12-3. I can't do it, man. I just can't. 12-3 is too much. I think... Uh, DraftKings went bonkers with everybody just playing Giannis and Curry every day. And they said, go ahead and try to play those two guys today. You can't even make a lineup uh, if you play those two. So I'm I'm not going to go there at 12-3. If he scores 70, he scores 70. I'm going to try to, you know, by playing him, you're going to have to take a guy in the mix, just face it, that, that could get 15. So why not feel more comfortable getting two guys that can get you 40 uh, rather than, you know, sweating out the bullets that Giannis is going to have a, a ceiling game, and then you have to get some skabuji guy in there uh, to have a, a crazy game. Uh, the guy that I do like is Bobby Portis. He's he's only 5'5". He's not getting priced up. He's getting big minutes. He's a stud, and uh, I, I think he's a good play. I really do. I think he's he's my number one target with Holiday on the Milwaukee side. On the um, Knicks side, uh, you know, again, it all comes down to that Julius Randle possibility at 10-3, which is 2,000 less than Giannis, I think is much more fair. Uh, but we need the big man news, not interested in that backcourt. All right, we go to the next game. It's an 8 p.m. game. It's the Dallas Mavericks at the Chicago Bulls. Chicago by four, 215.5 total. Implied for Dallas, 105.75. For Chicago, 109.75. And in this game, we've got um, the Mavericks coming in at 7-3, and three, and the Bulls are 7-3. and three. So this should be a really entertaining matchup. Mavs are still without Maxi Kleba. He is out. And, of course, Kobe White, Patrick Williams remain out for Chicago. Uh, as far as pace goes, slow teams here. Dallas down to 27th 
a lot of uh, Luca dribbling the basketball. Chicago, believe it or not, is 22nd. Uh, you would think with those guards and DeRozan and stuff, they push the ball, but DeRozan is more of a half court set, you know, mid range jumper guy. And they have Vuk, and Vuk's tough, man. And if they're going to set it up in a half court uh, setup, which they have been doing, that's why they're 22nd in pace. I think Vuk is, is super interesting. And then defensive efficiency scares me a little bit here. Dallas has moved up to 14th, so they're in the upper half. And the reason Chicago's seven and three is they are fourth uh, in the league uh, defensively in efficiency as a team. So it does change things a little bit. Let's talk Luca first. We're at 11 4 for Luca. Again, I just think that's too high against a team uh, that's playing good defense like Chicago. I think they can double them. I think uh, Billy Donovan's a good coach. They're probably, you know, going to make the ball get out of his hands as much as possible. So not going to go all the way up to Luca today. Uh, I don't see how you trust Chris Stapps. People still do. I know he has a good game here and there. But at 6'8", people are going to think, wow, he's he's sub-7. He can have a monster ceiling game. I just don't trust it. I mean, I know, you know, this is a good situation for him in this matchup, but you know, you got an underside Javante Green. Not sure who's going to guard him. They'll, they may bring Derek June, Jones Jr. off the bench uh, when Dallas goes uh, without Powell and maybe brings Brunson, Brunson in and maybe guard him with Vuk. So it does set up for a good play for uh, for Porzingis. I just don't trust him. And, you know, he's not 100%. He's never 100%. Um, other than that, Brunson's all the way up to 6K now, and he's coming off the bench again, even though he's still – been fantastic so uh this is the second uh, slate in a row that i'm passing on the mavericks i just don't feel it right now uh for them uh the bulls on the other hand i think there's some interesting plays here i do like vuk at the 8.8 salary i think that is a bargain i think that he can have a really good ceiling game everybody gets afraid with chicago because they have so many weapons but we know dallas's interior defense is not good and Vuk at that price, I think, is is just a really good play. Uh, and he's going to be one of my targets today. After that, it gets a little pricey. Uh, you can really boom or bust with him. Levine is 7-6, which is cheap. Um, I mean, he's tempting at that price. I think he's underpriced to be literally a mid-level guy that, that can get you big numbers. Uh, I've got a little bit of interest there. I really do. I think that um DeRozan at 8-6 is a little expensive and I think he'll get Dorian Finney-Smith defense which is the best uh, defender on the Mavericks so for me it you know it may I may have to uh Dirk I'm sorry I apologize but I may have to be you know uh DFS rooting for Chicago because I could have two key pieces from the Bulls in this game in Levine and Vukovic so we'll see how that rolls all right, there's another 8 o'clock game. Uh, there's actually multiple, two more uh, 8 o'clock games. First one is the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans is 4.5-point favorite, 210.5 over-under. You've got implied for Oklahoma City, 103. Pelicans, 107.5. Uh, as far as the records for these teams, Thunder, 3-6. and six, And Pelicans, worst in the league, 1-10. and 10 not what they were expecting. Uh, 
Trey Mann out for the Thunder or questionable for the Thunder. Big deal, right? Ingram is the big news again. Questionable. We need to know if he's playing. Also, Herb Jones, questionable. That would help. And Cheeseburgers remains out. My buddy Zion. And I can say that because I like cheeseburgers too. Um, all right. What do we have here in this game? Let's take a look at the pace. Oklahoma City 11th, the Pelicans 16th. So middle of the road. Defensively is where this game gets very spicy. Thunder 22nd, Pelicans dead last. They are 30th. So does this become a key game on the chart, uh, on the board, on the slate, whatever you want to call it? And I think it does. First of all, you know, like I said the other day, you can't really talk about the Pelicans unless you know Ingram's going to play or not. If Ingram plays without restriction, even at 8-7 coming off an injury, he's very, very playable because he could just blow up the thunder. There's no doubt about it. If he doesn't play, then we need to know if Herb Jones is going to play because he gets good minutes when he's out, and he could be your value guy of the day at 3.5 uh, if he's healthy with no restrictions. After that, it's you know it's risk. Devontae Graham at 6-2, Nikhil Alexander-Walker at a fair 5-8. Josh Hart is probably the guy showing the most burst right now. He's only 5.2, uh, and he can get it done. He rebounds. We all know that. Uh, and, you know, he's probably my favorite Pelican right now, but until that BI news comes down, you know, it just can't solidify anything. On the Thunder side, um, Shea is a great play. It's Shea Gilligas Alexander and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Did you know that they were cousins? The Alexander part of it, they are related. That's the truth. No, no kidding. Uh, but Shea is in a great spot here. He is a pricey 8.9 which is a little scary, but man, he's hard to get away from here. His usage, they don't have the best matchup for him. I think Shea is in play at 8.9. Uh, a little bit, if he was like at 8.4 or 5, I'd feel way better, but I'm going to consider him. After that, you got a lot of risk. I mean, Dort, Giddy, Baisley, Robinson, Earl, Favors, Williams, Poku, Muscala, Maladone, they're all getting time. And they're all not very good. So it's Shea or Bust for me on the Thunder side of the coin. All right, the last 8 o'clock game. As we continue to motor, no breaks. Uh, we're going We're going to just gut this out. Memphis minus 5 against the Hornets. Uh, Hornets with, uh, this totals 227. So we have a winner right now for the highest total on the board. And it is this game, the Hornets and Grizzlies at 227. 111 uh, implied for the Hornets and a big fat 116 for the Memphis Grizzlies. As far as their records, Hornets 5 and 7. They've been on a tough road trip. Grizzlies 6 and 4 injuries. PJ Washington out for the Hornets. Uh, we do have a questionable tag on Dylan Brooks. We have not seen him this year. And he changes this entire game, like, completely. Uh, if he plays, play the under in this game. I mean, he is the defensive nuts and bolts of this Memphis team. Uh, it's it's not even close. And they need him. Uh, they really need him in there. Um, Zaire, uh, let's see. Let's try that again. Zaire Williams. That's what I'm trying to say. He is questionable. 
So those, you know, the, the Brooks news is very, very important. Uh, here's some statistics, though, that may, uh, make you understand why this game is the highest total on the board and has so much potential. You've got pace-wise, uh, you've got Charlotte third and Memphis 15th. And then defensive team efficiency, how about 29th and 28th? Two of the worst three defenses in the league. The reason Memphis is so bad is because Bain's, uh, I'm sorry, Brooks has been out. So, all, again, we have to follow this news. Uh, if he plays, it shifts, like I say, everything on the board for me. Let's say he doesn't play because he hasn't played thus far. Oh, this is the first time he's been listed as questionable. John Morant at 9-9. You know, he it, that may be the choice between him and Shea uh, in the last game. But 9-9 is expensive. But he has been phenomenal. He really has been phenomenal. Uh, he probably will get Terry Rozier defense, and that's a little scary. Scary Terry can uh, lock some people down. But Jaw's been otherworldly. I mean, he's an all-star. He's a superstar. Um, he is the most improved player in the league to me. So <clears throat> I've got to consider him, especially if Brooks doesn't play. Because if Brooks plays, not only is he a defender, but he grabs usage. He, he was second on this team in usage last year, believe it or not, uh, to jaw. So uh, we'll wait for that news. After that, you know, Bain has been a consistent play for me because he's so cheap at 5K, but it's risky. Um, don't trust Jaron Jackson at 6-1. Steven Adams gets played off the court all the time, so I'm not even going to consider him. Um, I think you'll have both of these teams go small, and that will really increase the – uh, the score and the, the shot attempts and possessions. So really it's jaw if Dylan doesn't play. And then, uh, you know, if Dylan plays with no restrictions, possibly even him at 7-1, which is a risk, but it'll be super low owned. LaMelo balls all the way to 10K. Who thought LaMelo would get to 10K this uh, quickly? That's a little bit too much to pay for me. I think he'll get Melton defense. Melton defense is pretty solid. Um, Rogier at 6'3", he's been super risky, boomer bust kind of guy. Uh, I think this is a good spot for him. I'm definitely going to consider him at that discounted price. Um, Gordon Hayward at 6'8", is, is fair. Uh, if Brooks plays, he's probably going to guard him, so I wouldn't go there. But if he doesn't, I think Hayward deserves at least a look. And then the only other guy I would consider from the Hornets is Miles Bridges. 8'1", is a lot. I know that uh, he didn't get there for me the last time, but I think he'll play a lot of center. I think he and Jackson will be the centers when they play Plumlee and Adams off the floor. So I think you're going to get a ton of minutes from him. He obviously has a big ceiling this year. He's playing for a contract. He has He's a free agent after this year. So um, certainly could go there. He's expensive, but I think he'd be a really valuable play. I think that price keeps his, use, uh, his ownership down a bit. All right, we go to the first 8.30 game of the night. It's Sacramento Kings and San Antonio Spurs. This is an interesting one, too. Uh, two, the two guys I don't trust, Luke Walton, the coach of the Kings, I think is the worst coach in the league, and Pop, who you never know what he's going to do, and he pops people all the time, and it definitely makes it scary. But here's the thing. San Antonio minus one, it's a 220 total. So you've got a probably a hotly contested game, a decent total. Both implied totals are good. 109.5 for Sacramento, 
110.5 for San Antonio. So this is, if I play anybody from this game, I'm not going to watch it. And I watch every game because it's too nerve wracking. <laughs> I can't take King Spurs is the kind of game, you, you know, I don't have any hair to pull out, but if I did, this is probably the game that would do it. But there's a bunch of guys that are fairly priced here too. So it's, it makes it very interesting. The, the Kings come in at five and six. The Spurs are three and seven. Injuries, you've got Davis and Halliburton. Halliburton's the big piece of news. We know Davion Mitchell gets a ton of those minutes if Halliburton's out, but we do need the news. Davis is in their rotation too, so we need news on both of them. As far as the Spurs go, um, it looks like uh, Kata Bates-Jop is uh, probable. Collins and Pirtle being Pirtle being the big one are out. So let's take a look statistically where these guys are at. As far as pace goes, the reason they have a 220 over under, which is pretty high on this slate, they are seventh and fourth in pace respectively. Sacramento seventh isn't a surprise with Fox, but the Spurs at four. Are you kidding me? What is going on here? How are they playing that fast? I guess it's the DeJounte, Murray, White, Johnson. They're pushing the ball and playing smaller is the only thing I can guess, which is makes you want to play Spurs, but it's always such a, a stomach ache when you do. Uh, defensive efficiency, Sacramento 18th. San Antonio is 6th. So Pop, I mean, let's face it, he's probably the best NBA coach of all time, I would say. I, I have, to, And I'm a massive Pat Riley fan. But I just, I mean, the guy, the longevity, all those years making the playoffs 20 years in a row, seriously, all the things he's accomplished are just mind-boggling. And the fact that, you know, this team, really, when you look at the team, they're horrible. I, I think they're awful. But they're, some, they're three and seven. So even though they're, they're pushing the ball and they're playing decent defense, they're not showing up as wins, but that usually – tells you that you know they're going to get it going so i am concerned this game and i will have some considerations you've got fox at eight two <clears throat> if halliburton sits davion mitchell at four six and buddy healed at six three to me are much stronger plays with those four guards rotating if they're all in and all playing full it gets a little bit tough because there is some sharing of the usage harrison barnes has been a steady man all season 7.5, I think it's fair for him, and he's he becomes an option in a game that, that could get up and down. DeJounte Murray, too expensive, can't pay 9.7 for DeJounte. I know he can make that number, but I'm not going to risk it. Um, White at 6.4, Lonnie Walker, 3.8, Vassell at 4.5. I mean, it just, again, it's, it's a pop kind of team. Keldon Johnson gets a lot of ownership, but he's 5.9. Um, I've rolled the dice with Doug McDermott a few times, 3.9, and that did not go well. For me, it, it really comes down to, do I want to go back to the well with Drew Eubanks? I've played him ever since Pirtle went down. I know he's splitting minutes, and I'm not a timeshare guy. He's splitting minutes with Thad Young, but his price is still low. He made his number for me last time, and you know the sites where you can play two centers or if he has any power forward el eligibility anywhere which i don't believe he does anymore but we can check that at four six i'm still going to consider him um thad young at five eight a little bit too high to be a super value play 
and I do think those guys are going to split minutes. So I'm not overly excited about that game, but the lines and the spreads and the trends tell you that you do need some exposure there. All right. Can't withstand not having a kip, uh, another sip of coffee. All right, we go to a 9 o'clock game. First 9 o'clock game on the board. It is the Indiana Pacers at the Denver Nuggets. Indiana minus 3 at 210.5 over under 106.75 implied for Indiana. 103.75 for the Denver Nuggets. And we need to find out what the deal is on the Joker. He is out for this game. So the uh, shove in the back definitely has cost him some time. What is that going to do to this game? It's going to be very interesting. So Pacers are four and seven, Nuggets six and four. Uh, we have, uh, for the Pacers, we have Jackson probable. We have uh, Brogdon probable. So that's good that Malcolm Brogdon, we know, would be back. TJ Warren remains out. For Denver, this is going to be interesting. So we have um, Morris, Monte Morris as uh, probable. Then we have Chanchar, the Joker, Murray, and Porter out. So how about bench time for Denver? Where This is where people are going to go for their uh, value, no question about it, because all that usage has to be gobbled up by somebody. I wonder if you take Jay Green, if you get both of them. I want both Greens, Jeff and Jamichael, for the price of one, but I don't think they'll allow it. Anyway, let's get back to... Uh, the statistics for this game, because this game is going to be pivotal. There's no question with all the Denver guys out. It's the first night of the back of a back-to-back for Indiana. And I'll warn you, Rick Carlisle is spooky when it comes to back-to-backs. He doesn't like to overplay people. And so that takes a notch off the Indiana Pacers for me in this game. Um, Pace, Indiana 14th, Denver only 26th. But again, that's, you know, with Joker, without Joker, it's a different, a completely different squad. Defensively, Indiana is only 19th. Denver is third. So let's talk about Denver first, since that's the, the elephant in the room. The possible starting lineup, and we don't, you know, we, we'll know that later. Right now, it's Monte Morris at 4-4, Will Barton at 6-3. Jeff Green at 3-4, Aaron Gordon at 5-2, Jamichael Green at 3-2. Then you've got P.J. Dozier at 4-1, Bones Highland at 3-3. Those are really the seven that I would consider here. So, you know, this if you can choose the two out of those seven for Denver, they're going to smash their number because somebody's going to smash their number from Denver here. I mean... You've got all value. The whole starting seven or eight guys are going to be super value. And I, I almost think you have to have two of them. I really do, because it's going to be there. Whether it's Barton at 6-3, Morris at 4-4 possibly. Can't Does Aaron Gordon have it in him at 5-2 when they really need him? This could be his chance. I, I've always thought P.J. Dozier was a really fine player uh, at 4-1. I think he's a great play. I mean, you can go all the way down to a Bones uh, if you want at 3-3 and a Jeff Green at 3-4. So, I mean, they're all in play. So that is going to be the, the the big decision, I think, for if you want to take some stuff down in this card. If you can come out with the two, two of the value plays from Denver, 
out of that top group, you're going to be in great shape. I know I'm going to be focusing in uh, on doing that exact same thing. And it is going to give me the opportunity to multi-enter some guys that are a little high price that I'm interested in, like the LaMelo Balls and Shea Gilgus Alexander. So <clears throat> that's going to be a big focus for me. On the Indiana side, again, I'm afraid of Carlisle on the first name of a back-to-back, but you've got Brogdon, who's pro- uh, probable at 7-5. I mean, he's played terrific ball. Duarte at 5-2. The guy that I like, he's 7-5. I know he's expensive, but I love Karis LeVert, man. He is starting to turn on that switch. He's probably my number one target for Indiana. I don't want to get Carlisled. I mean, you almost have to say that, though. And it scares me a little bit, but I do like Lavert at that price. Sabonis at 10-2. I mean, with without the Joker in there, it's you know, it could be uh, a big game for him. 10-2 is a little pricey, but uh, I'm gonna consider him. Uh, I just didn't like the rotation that Carlisle used the other day. He kept him off the floor. I don't know if it was because Miles Turner was playing well. I know he was in foul trouble but he wasn't finishing the game. And I was like, what in the heck are you doing? I think he was just trying to go with, uh, you know, who was hot. So I don't know. You know, I don't think this game blows out. It's it's Indiana favored by three. I know, you know, Denver's super shorthanded and Indiana could get the upper hand. And if they do, and it's a back-to-back, you could get stung here. Turner's all the way up to six, nine. That's too high for me. And they have a litany of guys, McConnell, Holiday, Craig, Lamb, all those guys off the bench, just not playable for me. All right, another 9 o'clock game, Portland and the Suns. This is a nice one, too. Phoenix minus 5, 223 over under, 109 implied for Portland, 114 for Phoenix. So let's see what we've got here. We've got... um, Records in this game, Portland is five and six. Phoenix is six and three. No injuries reported for Portland. Shamit uh, is probable for Phoenix. And then the two guys that are out are Aiton and Sarich. So Aiton remains out uh, in that mess. Portland, as far as um, pace, they're 12th. Phoenix, sixth. So they do get up and down the floor. Uh, as far as defensive efficiency, Portland 23, which uh, we knew they were not defending well. Phoenix is all the way up to 11. So they are impre- improving game by game uh, defensively. So that makes them uh, you know, a little bit more worrisome on the defensive side. Lillard at 10-1 just has not been paying his price. He's not shooting well. His percentages are worst of his career. McCollum, they jacked up to 8-5. He was, I can't believe how much they moved him. I think it was 7-2 yesterday. So that's a huge jump. Norman Powell looked good, but he's probably going to get Mikhail Bridges' defense. He's 5-6. Covington, too risky at 4-3. Nurk had a great game, but the problem is this is the second night of a back-to-back for Portland. So Nurk doesn't have a tendency to get monster minutes on back-to-backs. They try to uh, take care of him a little bit. So I'm not going to go there. With Phoenix's increased defense and just Portland on the second night of a back-to-back, I don't have a lot of interest uh, on that side of the ball at all. Phoenix, on the other hand, I think, you know, based on the pace of this game, which should be decent enough, you know, it's a pace-up game uh, for 
Portland, it's 12th and Phoenix is six. So the, the pace for both teams is above average. So I think Phoenix, you know, you can uh, talk about Paul at 9K and Devin Booker at 9.8. I think 9.8 is overpriced for Booker, though, to be honest with you. I'd more likely go to Paul, who's a little high priced too at 9K, but I think this this is a perfect matchup for him. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, same thing with Norman Powell, you know, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man thing there, in my opinion. I, I just don't want either one of them. Crowder, too risky. It, you know, if you want to get into this on a 13-game slate, JaVale McGee's 4.2 and Frank Kaminsky's 5K. Everybody on earth is playing those two guys, one or the other, both, neither. It's been a, a free-for-all ever since uh, the injury to Aiton. So, you know, I don't want to get in involved with that. I don't want that one of those two guys to bust my slate on a 13-game, uh, you know, slate. And I think there's plenty of value everywhere. I don't even have to need, you know, need to push that. So I may pay up for a Paul at 9K. Um, not going to have as much exposure as I was hoping to here, but I do think Phoenix is starting to lock it down a bit and Portland's coming in with more tired legs. You know, I think the under in this game is a good play too. just not completely thrilled. And I think this game will garner quite a bit of ownership. All right. We have two games left, 11 down two to go Minnesota Timberwolves at the golden state warriors. It's a 10 o'clock game. Golden state favored by seven and a half. 222 over under 107.25 implied for Minnesota, 114.75 for the Warriors. As far as records go here, Minnesota 3 and 6, they've been in a lot of games just not transporting over to the win section. Warriors an incredible 9 and 1, which is quite a feat. A lot of it is because of the Magic Man Curry, no doubt about it. No injuries for Minnesota. Porter questionable for Golden State. Thompson and Wiseman remain out. Statistically here, <clears throat> Minnesota, 10th fastest pace. Golden State, 5th fastest pace. Um, those applied totals are very nice at 107, 114. I like that. Uh, defensively, Minnesota 16th, so middle of the pack. Golden State remains the top defensive team in the league. Wouldn't either. That's for sure. Um, so how do we, you know, what are we looking at here? There are there are definitely some playable uh, commodities. Um, the question is, uh, you've got a situation where D'Angelo Russell at 7-1, uh, Anthony Edwards at 8, I think are both guys you have to consider. I think their price is fair. I, I, they could both be higher priced than that. The guy that is super high priced is Cat at 10-7, uh, not, you know, Again, you know, wanting to create a build where I don't have guys that I'm begging to get to 20 fantasy points, probably not going to go cat against a strong defense from Golden State at that big price. Um, I will not play Malik Beasley again. He crushed my spirit and soul the last time out. He doesn't get in. He didn't, you know, his shots weren't good. He's 4.5, so he's tempting because we know he has the ability, but he's dead to me. So goodbye, Malik. Um, other than that, they do use their bench a lot. Vanderbilt, Reed, Akogi, you know, they're all getting minutes. Um, so really, it, it, to me, it's its about D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. One or the other uh, will probably make my lineup. I love Steph Curry. He's the best shooter in the history of the NBA, but I'm not paying 11-7 uh, for, for him. I mean, he has to 
go out and make 14 threes, you know, to pay that price, which that may happen in the first half for Curry. God knows. Uh, I just, I think they'll put Pat Beverly on him and try to, you know, slow him down. And I just, there's no way I'm paying 11-7 for Curry. I don't care if he gets, you know, if he gets 50 fantasy points, 55, he's still not at his number. And he has to deal with Pat Bev, so I'm not doing it. Jordan Poole at 6'3", I think, is a better option. I really do. He's boomer bust, though. He can make your break yet, so it's a little riskier. Certainly a great GPP play. Um, Andrew Wiggins, you, you know, has not been the player he was last year offensively. He's been terrific on D. I mean, he's his improvement the last two years in defense is remarkable. He played zero D when he played at Minnesota. Now he's a, an elite defender in the league. But offensively is what we care about in DFS, and he's just not quite there. Draymond at 6'7". Price is fair enough. You always have to sweat out if he's going to get any real points. But, you know, a consideration. I'll put it to you that way. Don't want to go down to Kevon Looney, Bielitsa, Iguodala, Porter, Peyton, Toscano Anderson. Those guys are all going to play. And their bench has really been solid. And they've been more solid defensively than anything else. So uh, really, you know, Poole's probably the play on that side of the ball. Definitely want exposure here with the Russell Edwards side as well. All right. Somehow, some way we're at game 13 and I'm still standing or sitting, if you want to uh, call it that. But we're, we're there. We're at the precipice here. Miami Heat at the Los Angeles Lakers. Miami minus four and a half, 214 and a half over under. Uh, implied total for the Heat, 109.5 for the Lakers, 105. It's the first night of a back-to-back for Miami. Uh, they're on a road trip on the West Coast, so we'll see how that's going to roll. As far as records, Miami's a solid 7-3. and three. The Lakers have clawed back to 6-5. and five. Injuries galore here. I mean, they can't even fit on the page. For the Heat, probable is Martin and Struess. Questionable, sort of some big names here. A guy named Bam and a guy named The Hero. So Bam and Hero, questionable. And P.J. Tucker, questionable. Out, we already know, is Morris from getting his spine snapped in half uh, by the Joker. And Oladipo remains out. The Lakers, uh, Anthony Davis, probable. Hooray. Reeves and Rondo, questionable. We already know the guys that are out. Ariza, Horton Tucker, James, and Nunn. So at least we don't have to sweat on the Lakers side like we normally do as far as news. Now we have to sweat on the Miami side in this game. Because, you know, if uh, Bam and Hero play, uh, it changes the entire landscape. So we can only give somewhat of a a review here for this game. But you have that Minnesota-Golden State game also at 10. So set up your pivots. You know, the late pivots make a big difference in this in. uh NBA, you've got to do it like Herter playing last night because the other both guys, Atlanta ruled out, you know, stuff like that makes a slate changing difference. And it, it helped us yesterday get to a 351.5, I believe, was our total in our hybrid on FanDuel. So, uh, you know, that that's what you got to watch here. So you can you can set it up in that pivot spot if you're on uh you know, on DraftKings, you know, you get somebody in there where you can make. There's lots of strong players on both of these teams. So 
uh, if you want to put in BAM, for example, you know, you'll be able to do a late swap to whomever, whether it be AD or CAD, or you can make it work. Just plan that in advance because it may take place uh, in this game. All right, as far as uh, pace, this is a little concerned for the Lakers plays here. Miami's 28, so third slowest team. They always are. They play just good D and limit possessions, which doesn't make you happy as a, a DFS owner. Uh, Lakers are first, though, so huge pace up game for Miami. Uh, that makes you excited on rostering Miami guys. But defensively, we've got some issues here. Miami's fifth, and the Lakers are now 15th, right in the middle of the pack. So you're going to have some decent defense uh, to deal with. Um as far as playable guys, the guy that I'm really, really angry at is Kyle Lowry. I was sitting so pretty the other night. The dude played 37 minutes, I believe. Guess how many real points he had in that game? Go ahead. Say your guess. No, it was zero. Zero. How can Kyle Lowry play mid-30s minutes and not have a basket or a foul shot? I don't understand. So at 7-7, he joins the you're dead to me squad for a while here until I get any confidence back in him. Um, he'll also probably get some Avery Bradley defense. Other than that, I think Jimmy Butler at nine, six, he's played fantastic. If Bam doesn't play, there's going to be some, and hero. If they both sit, I mean, Butler's got to be a plug and play. He's going to be my top owned player on the slate. If hero and uh, Bam sit, because his usage is just going to, explode if bam sits you can also consider Dwayne deadman he may get some of those minutes and slide in uh, to that starting lineup uh at three two which could give you your big uh bonus uh value guy and then you know after that though i mean we just need to see the news hero would be a great play too if he gets in in this matchup um but i think you know you can definitely can consider some guys there on the Lakers side. I think Russ at 11, three is just too expensive. I mean, he can smash it. He'll probably get a triple double without, you know, very possible, but a triple double doesn't mean you're going to pay off your 11, three salary either. So I'm, I'm just not going to go there at that higher price. I'd be more apt to go Anthony Davis, but only if Bam sits, if Bam plays, then I won't go with Davis. If Bam sits, that could be my other pay-up spot um, on the slate being AD. After that, just too much volatility from the Lakers side. Uh, not interested in going there. So that is it, my friends. No breaks in between. 13 up, 13 down. We're going to crush this slate. We absolutely relish these slates of uh, all of these 10-plus games. Uh, and having 13 tonight, we're ready to just clean it up. So give us... Give us a try. If you're watching this on YouTube and you survived the whole thing, thumbs up, hit the subscribe button. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening in. And we will be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.